Hello, welcome to this month's episode of Found Sounds. Um, if you listened to the end of last month's episode, I mentioned Kayla Childs, aka Black Butterfly, would be on this episode, and unfortunately, we weren't able to make our schedules work this month. But uh, she did just release a single that she's featured on with Omar's Hat. So make sure to go take a peek over at the Bandcamp page for Omar's Hat. Um, they got a really beautiful piece of music on there that features Kayla and Yusei Ali. And um, yeah, if you're not familiar with Omar's Hat, they're a great, great Philly band and uh, they're making amazing music. Um, but uh, this month we will be featuring uh, a good friend of mine, Eric Kramer. Um, Eric and I play together a good bit. He's on an upcoming release of mine at the end of August. I'll be releasing an album of hymns, um, and Eric is the bass player on that. But Eric is a very busy bass player. Uh, he plays with the, up, the Uprooted Band, which is the, the current version of the Rusted Root Band, if you remember their single from the 90s, I believe. Um, he's, got a, he's got a band with his partner called Rose Meat. And uh, he also plays with folks like Tooby Frank, Darlington, uh, Jacopo, and the Late Saints. And um, Eric's a great bass player, and I think you'll uh, be excited to check out his music. Uh, we're going to be mostly listening to music from an album he released a couple years ago called Miss the Boat. And then we'll, we'll finish out the episode listening to a part of his project, uh, Roast Meat. So here we go. Um, we're going to start this episode listening to The Way It Goes is the name of this tune. Thank you. 
Kramer. Hello, Paul Thank- Geis. <laughs> Thanks for taking a sec to chat about your music. Happy to. <laughs> uh, we're here in your home studio um, in Germantown and just listen to the way it goes. Uh, can you, do you remember writing that piece? That's a good question. I mean, I definitely remember writing a lot of songs. This one in particular is escaping me at the moment. Cool. Um, yeah. I mean, it definitely would have been when I lived in New York. Yeah. Before, before we were blessed with your presence here in Philly. I suppose they're, you know, re reacquainted. Right. Right. Yes. Um, so what, so what is that piece about, uh, to you now? Um, yeah, I mean, I think like, especially the way the lyrics start off on the song is like a good general vibe of it is just like the way it goes someday. Surely (laughs) the way it goes someday. Mm. (laughs) I have such a short term memory, but, but yeah, basically just that, like, you know, no, you don't know what the future, what the future is going to hold. And just, you kind of got to be there and just crash into it. And, uh, and, you know, yeah, that makes a lot of sense for how this past year went. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. This song's feeling, uh, one of those things that's feeling more, more relevant all the time. Sometimes you write stuff and like, it doesn't even mean as much to you when you wrote it, it kind of just came out and then mm-hmm. you know, upon a reexamination and you're like, Oh, I, that did mean something. Yeah. I love something I I love about your pieces that they have like a sometimes like an epic nature to them where there are many sections to the you're you're writing as a songwriter but also in a way that you know someone who's writing like for orchestra or something you know instrumental music would because there's lots of different sections and yeah yeah it's interesting how some of those things come together I definitely like never would have imagined myself arranging in that sort of way and i'm not sure why why necessarily it happened i think it's just the nature of like collaboration and it's like you want to use the tools that are at your disposal and like sometimes those tools are people who play very specific instruments Mm. and um yeah and yeah i think i think the nature of a lot of the music like melodies just kind of pop pop out of them and you need kind of a place to assign them. And I've always wanted to avoid kind of the traditional like rock and roll quartet sound. I think I always want to make music that that felt a little bit, uh, you know, left field or something. So mm-hmm. so therefore, like, you know, placing those melodies on in different types of instruments felt good. And I, I coming from a jazz background, like I feel like. It always, I always want to tie that in to my music, even though it's kind of not rooted in that. Yeah. What, it, what, it, where is jazz like come into your background? How's that? Um, specifically through the Clef Club, I, I was playing in like my middle school jazz band as, you know, a 12, 13, 14 year old, whatever. Yeah. And, um, I wouldn't, I would hardly call that jazz even to me. That was just like marching band in cummerbunds instead <laughs> of like tall hats. Yeah. And, um, and somehow one of my dad's friends kind of introduced us to the Clef Club. They were in the need yeah. of a basis for their junior ensemble. Yeah. And that was kind of the roots of like any sort of improvisation for me. Um, 
so yeah, coming coming into the into the city of Philly and and playing at a place that has such a deep, rich jazz history, it definitely just it can't help but rub on, off on you when you spend a bunch of time immersed in it. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and what about like some of the relationships with the people on the on the recording? Like who? Yeah. Yeah. So this record for me was it was kind of like um, you know a transitional moment where I I think I was in the process of leaving New York and it felt kind of cool and important to like capture the three or four years I had invested there. When I moved to the city, I had never, perhaps never really played, like gotten together a band to play my original music. And I I hadn't really, I had started writing music in Boston and just like, you know, the musicians I gathered, most of the people on this record I had met at Berkeley in school Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it felt important to kind of capture the music that that I've been making there for the past couple of years. So, in particular, I, yeah, I worked with um, with kind of the musicians who were willing to give their time and energy to me in the city while I was there. And it, it also felt important to like capture the core of this record live. So we went into a studio in in Bucks County and uh, tracked the bass, drums, guitar, and vocals. Uh, in in person before overdubbing the rest, but yeah, it was the drummer. Uh, the rhythm section was Angelo Spampanato on drums and Asher Kurtz on guitar, who were both stellar musicians. So it was really easy. We pretty much, you know, listened to and played the songs once, like a week before, and just kind of head in the studio mm-hmm. and track them. And um, and then yeah, the, it was kind of a hodgepodge. My partner Melina played some. Got her to play clarinet and sing. Friend Karen did some vocals. Tal Stuhl, who was a fellow Philadelphian, played tenor sax. My buddy Noah Frank played some trumpet. So yeah, it was very much like I was after tracking it. I was mostly hanging out in my bedroom, just inviting friends over and trying to trying to push push the record through. I think Chris Pegram, another school friend from school, played some nice. keys. Classic, Get pushing it through, and you know, recording in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. Definitely like. The first being the first record I made, I didn't even like know what the process was. The process, similar to the way it goes, just kind of kind of happened to me, and learned a lot from from making this record. Cool. So let's listen to the light next. Um, do you did you want to say anything about that before we listen, or just let it fly? What do you? Um, yeah. So so the light came together in a sort of interesting way. Um, previous to beginning the right music, I used to make a lot of beats kind of, uh, you know, more in the underground hip hop kind of realm Mm -hmm. and doing a lot of sampling and stuff. And this, this was the only track on the album that kind of came out of one of those beats from kind of the last group of music I made before starting to write in this format. Um, so yeah, it kind of has a little bit more of its roots in where my head was at musically before this project started. Cool. I pause. Thank you. 
Nice. Thanks. <laughs> the, uh, so what makes you like pick a musician to play your music? Um, I'd say, yeah, sometimes it just happens in like a very natural way. Like I met Angelo and I, for whatever reason, used to just play a ton of duo when we were in school. Like we would just go down the practice room and play a bunch. And I think there's also an element of, um, just a certain sort of like appreciation of the same, the same music. I think it's important that you kind of do like the same bands and have the same influences a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think in the situation of, aside from maybe the horn players who collaborated, which were like the more technical aspect where it's like, this is this thing I want, like help, help execute it for the people I wanted to really put their own musicianship on it. I think they're all like in a sense kind of, jazz school dropouts where they didn't drop out of jazz school, but like, you know, we all found ourselves at a, at a school and all chose to like, you know, get way more into like Radiohead and Jay Dilla and, mm -hmm. you know, all these kind of like things that are, you know, have a lot of influence from jazz harmony, but, but, you know, yeah, what excited us was like that end of the musical spectrum, even though we all, you know, came from a more trained, trained place. So yeah, I think it's like it has something to do with um, living in multiple worlds musically. And the people I recognize doing that are the ones that just feels best for me to play with often. Yeah, a wide I definitely hear like a wide range of influences in your music. You, you mentioned while we were like, while we were listening about not wanting to necessarily, uh, not wanting to necessarily fit a specific genre. Can you, I guess it's like an interesting concept because see, I've seen, I'm asking because I've seen, uh, there's a record label in, I'm pretty sure LA, Leaving Records that like specifically talks about like no genre. And I guess yeah. I'm just like curious. Yeah, to me, like music is something that, you know, we do break down and defining the genre is just to find a way to talk about it. But in the actual making of it, I find so often music loses its emotion when, you know, the band leader is like, let's try and play this song like this band or like, let's kind of go for like a, like, I think it's important just, you know, to describe and talk about music, you kind of have to put things into little pockets. But I think when you're just truly expressing yourself, like naturally all of your influences are going to come out, but I think you're yeah pigeonholing yourself by trying, trying hard to like be stuck in one lens. And uh, yeah. And I think something like jazz can be a really interesting thing where, you know, it came from a place of that creativity and like when all these, these greats were making the music, none of them were thinking in that lens at all. And I, I feel like, like via school, we've gone back and like, 
intellectualized what they did and trying to like put it into something we could put into a book when really they were just playing some like improvised soul music and like, mm-hmm. and even soul music is, has become a genre, but, but yeah, to me, it's like something that if you're just kind of speaking from the truest place of your creativity, then, um, yeah, I, I think it, it feels weird to try and accomplish such a specific goal as, as playing, playing in a genre. Um, I, so I, I forgot to mention the video from your first, the first piece we listened to, and it actually makes me think about just how you're such a creative person in general with like the artwork you make. And I see you taking like electronics and making artwork out of it around the house. And you made this like amazing claymation video, uh, for a music video and you're like great at making these other music videos. So I'm curious, like where, like your ideas on creativity in general and how, sort of how like those other, you know, ways of making art and your music like intersect, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think one thing is just, I, you hear like the statement all the time, like, Oh, I'm so jealous that you're a musician. Like I wish that I could play the guitar. And uh-huh. I think so often like we stifle ourselves in our expression by just assuming that that's for someone else to do. And, and I definitely understand and value that in order to really be, you know, excel at something, you have to invest a lot of time and energy. Mm -hmm. But I know like for me personally, if I'm investing all of my creative energy into playing music, often I like fizzle myself out and I start to kind of, you know, not, not be super present with it all the time. So I find sometimes like expressing myself with pen and ink and sometimes doing video projects and kind of like, you know, reaching into all those corners of creativity helps inspire my music. Um, cause yeah, I, I think it's all correlated and, and like there, you know, like it's such a 360 picture music is one, like one part of the thing, but there's such a greater story that you're trying to tell through it. And and, you know, I, I don't claim to excel in some of these other art forms, but I think it's really cool to just at least dig in and attempt to, like, express the the full picture of, of what the music represents. And, like, the, the album cover for Miss the Boat is something I also made via via collage, kind of like a combination of, of um, you know, visual art and photography and making some text and... Yeah, I, I think kind of digging into to all those those corners of it, definitely, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't know. As far as like, you know, expressing creativity in different means, it's, it's uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, it's hard, it's hard to even know how I feel about it. It's just, it, it feels like a very natural thing. And I think that, um, you know, in order to be a musician, like, in order to make a record and do the PR and hire a video person and have photos taken, like you can be talking about spending like, you know, well into the four or five figures if you really want to. And like, I've always liked for my own sake and also helping friends out to be like, you know what, we can, we can do this ourselves. And I, while I want to support people who are, who are doing it properly, sometimes it just makes the most sense to just figure out how to do something yourself. Sure. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about the why behind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how they all they all correlate, but it's all just yet happen happen very naturally. Cool. Um. So I think we will 
go into uh I do like a little rapid fire thing at the end. I oh, it's the, I call it the double time section. Mm-hmm. So our first question is what is your favorite venue in Philly to play? My favorite one that I've gotten to play at once is Johnny Brenda's. Nice. Yeah. And what about like dream venue anywhere in the world you could play? What's like your your dream place to play? Like not even that I know specifically like what it is, but I imagine like in like Greece or Turkey, like one of those venues that's just like an ancient amphitheater built into the earth. Yeah. Like I, be- I know there are specific ones. I don't know the name of them, but that'd be cool. Uh, and what about like a, if you were to have dinner with any musician ever, who would you have dinner with? Yeah, <laughs> it's a crazy one. Um, or you can name three if it's easier. Yeah, yeah, that might, that might be good. Um, I'd say like Tom York, like Beethoven, and uh, Jimi Hendrix. Cool. That would be that would be a great dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, Good band. Uh, <laughs> right? Reminds me of like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Or something. <laughs> yeah. And then I asked you to take a listen to the music from Lauren Packardooney, who was our mm-hmm. guest on the previous episode. And, you know, I'm just trying to sort of connect different parts of the scene and see how people, th- you know, talk about each other's music. So maybe you could offer a few words about Lauren's music. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. I, I really appreciate music that just like, you close your eyes on is like very brings up like a picture in your mind. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, yeah, that music evokes a lot of like imagery and sense of space, like, and in kind of a cool way where I don't even know what that space looks like necessarily. Um, yeah, it definitely had like a really cool sort of like industrial while also being like ethereal and, and, and mellow and cool. Um, and yeah, I'm also definitely into using using the cassette tape medium. I've been like messing around with some four tracks and it's really cool to hear a little bit about how Lauren makes the music, but also have no idea, you know, and have a lot of like cool questions about about just what the process is. And um, yeah, definitely excited to check some more out. Yeah. The, um, so we're going to wrap up here and... I thought, you know, we should take a moment and like if folks want to find out about your shows or, you know, more of your music, they mm-hmm. should go to your website. Yeah, ericmusic.net is a good place to look. The two albums I have out are out on all the streaming platforms. Um, the album we were just listening to music from is called Miss the Boat, and that's under my name, uh, which I imagine you can find if you're looking at this podcast. <laughs> um, and then the last song we're going to listen to is from an album from my project called Rose Meat. And that album's called Animal Drama. Cool. Here is uh, Shark Bite.
when I say that anything, anywhere, any place is golden. I like, I've told them, in the land of the honeybees free, as I wanna be on frozen.
Alrighty, uh, that's this month's episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I'll make sure to have a link in the show notes to Eric's website and his music. Uh, there'll also be a link in the show notes to the Found Sounds Patreon page. Uh, your support would be greatly appreciated. A big thank you to Connor O'Neill for mixing and mastering the podcast. And next month's episode will be a surprise. So stay tuned.